morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for another beautiful, sunshiny day. We've had a lot of rain lately, and I haven't been able to sit out on the patio, but God has been good, and today's a wonderful day. It's not hot. It's not humid. It is full of sunshine. The birds are singing, and everything that's supposed to happen out here is taking place. The dogs are barking, even people cutting grass uh, already, and hopefully you won't pick up the sound or hear the background noise as they're doing their day-to-day -day business. But I bless God, so let's go before the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for another opportunity to speak to your prophets and your intercessors, Lord God, on their duties, on the functions of their position in your kingdom, in their office, Lord God. Help me to encourage them with the word of God. Help me to share words that will uh, exhort them and build them up in their vocation in you because you called them with a holy calling and then there's no calling or gift that you have imparted to your people oh god that's worthless or useless all of it you need it to work together as one body so lord as we're discussing this this morning help me to stir up the hearts and the minds of your people that are listening oh god that they will be edified that they'll be comforted and that they'll be built up oh god as we go forward in jesus name amen i thank and praise the lord for all those who actually listened to the last episode prophets and intercessors because it's very important that we know the difference between the two so that we'll function the way we're supposed to function because our world is messed up it's in chaos and we need to do what God has assigned us to do and we need to do it without drudgery without being mean and evil and short-tempered and irritable and frustrated and the only time we're like that is when we don't understand what our role is or what it is we're supposed to be doing and that's where I come into play I remember uh, 23 years ago 1998 when the Lord called me and told me he was making me a watchman on the wall and I did not want to do it because I did understand the responsibility and the role of a prophet. I just didn't totally understand the role and the function of where he was calling me to. So it caused me a lot of frustration and it caused me a lot of misunderstanding because I didn't know. And the Bible says without knowledge, the people perish. You can't be successful in anything period let alone for God and you don't have no knowledge of it and you don't understand what its purpose is and what it's supposed to be doing so you're looking at other people mimicking what they're doing and they're not all doing it correctly so we want to do it the way God said to do it and so today we're going to talk about intercessors a little more and we're going to talk about the revelation to intercessors the type of revelation that intercessors receive hallelujah because we know god is the revealer jesus reveals everything uh there's nothing known to man that god did not reveal to him and so he didn't get it on his own You're, we're not that smart sorry if i busted somebody's bubble but we're not that smart and so the lord um sends his inspired word to holy men and women of god and they teach and they walk out by demonstration 
what it is we're supposed to be doing. There's a lot of success stories out there, but there's a lot of failures as well. We don't want to be in the list with the failures. We want to do it right the first time so we don't have to keep going back repeating it because we must understand we're dealing with the people's lives, the people's livelihood, and we don't want to hurt nobody. The book of James chapter 3 verse 1 says that teachers, if you're teaching anything, you receive the greater judgment because of the words that you teach. So if you're incorrectly teaching or you're teaching out of error or you're teaching what you don't know and understand or have not experienced for yourself, you could be wrong and you're misleading people and Jesus is going to hold us accountable for the words that we teach. So it's best before you get in a position with a mic in your hand, before you get in on that platform or get in that class where you're speaking for God, you better know what you're talking about. Because if you're misleading people, God loves his people and he will not allow us to mislead people. And remember, intercessors don't do the speaking anyway. Their talking is in their prayer closet to God. The prophet is the one that speaks. The intercessor is the one that prays. Amen. So revelation to intercessors. God often reveals the plans of the enemy to intercessors. Hallelujah. So they can stand against them in the spirit and prevent the evil from occurring. Let me say that again. God often reveals the plans of the enemy to intercessors so they can stand against them in the spirit and prevent the evil from occurring. This is what I said in the last video that God usually reveals it to the intercessor in advance. It hasn't even taken place yet. He shows it to them, whether it be in a dream or in a vision in prayer or an open vision or a trance, he lets you see it and it hasn't, but you feel like it's happening right now. You begin to feel a sense of urgency. I gotta tell them before something happens. No, slow your road, don't do that because it has not actually taken place yet. God tells you in advance. And remember, remember, the intercessor and the prophet's ministry, there's a thin line. And sometimes you can't see the line because it looks invisible. And so when an intercessor, God is using the intercessor, it looks so close to what he, how he deals with the prophet. But nonetheless, it's still God. And the prophet and the intercessor work together because all prophets start out as. I'm a prophet in office, but I started out as an intercessor and starting out, unless you're under a mentor, you don't understand none of it. You're confused. You walk around doing stuff you think you're supposed to be doing. You don't know if you're doing it right or not. You don't even know if you're telling. No, you don't do the talking. You do the praying. You don't realize how powerful your prayer life is. Your authority is in prayer. Hmm. Think about that. Your authority is not in speaking. Your authority is in prayer. When you start talking in prayer, mountains move. When you When you start talking in your prayer closet to God, things start moving out of the way like a chessboard. Only ain't nobody's hand on it. So it's God through the spirit of God that's moving it. That's the power of an intercessor. 
intercessors, you have to understand how important you are to the kingdom of God. This is not just, um, I was trying to think of something cute to say, but nothing came to my mind. This is not a fly by the seat of your pants ministry. This is something you walk into it with your eyes wide open. This is something you have to be in total surrender to God, obedience to God, because you never know when God's going to drop that burden in your spirit. You could be laying in your bed, sound asleep. I mean, sleeping so wonderfully. It's a peaceful sleep, and God will wake you up in an instant. And you think, oh, that's not fair. Lord, why you wake me up? Because sometimes you wake up, you don't even know what you woke for. But you try to go back to sleep, and you're staring at the ceiling because you can't go back to sleep. And so if you still consist, persist on laying there, I'm going to tell you how he does did it with me. If I didn't get up when he woke me up, things would start happening. And I mean, people thought I was crazy, but I wasn't crazy. I would hear knocks at the door. I go to the door. There's nobody at the door. I would hear the telephone ringing, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I pick up the phone and hear the dial tone. Nobody was on the other end of the phone. I would hear... Somebody calling me, saying, walk with me. Everybody else in the house is sound asleep. So I'm trying to think, who's telling me to walk with them? So this is what I'm saying. He deals with us totally different. But when he wants you to get up, he wants you to get up. And as I got used to that, then I got, my flesh got busy and I started getting lazy because I didn't want to get up, especially in the wintertime. Well, then I, I have real bad allergies certain times of the year, and I wake up sneezing because I'm very congested. And so if I don't get up when I'm supposed to get up, um, I'll start sneezing, and I can't stop. It's just repeatedly. I keep just keep sneezing, 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 sneezing. And it, it, it's aggravating, so I end up getting up because by now I have to go blow my nose. So I get up, and then when I look at the bed, I say, uh-uh, Lord, you did that on purpose. I wasn't. I was supposed to get up. So at that point, I knew what I had to do. I had to go to my place of prayer, and I want to help us with something else. God is a God of consistency. And I learned at a tender age in this that wherever you set your meeting place with God, you need to keep it. Don't be Monday, you're in the kitchen. Tuesday, you're in the bathroom. Wednesday, you're down in the basement. Thursday, you're on the porch. Friday, you're in the living room. Saturday, you're in the bed doing it. No, God likes consistency. Remember in the book of Genesis when Adam used to meet God in the cool of the day. He, God always met him where he, they met at. They had a meeting place. And Adam knew he needed to go there because that's where God would be. And the day that he sinned against God, he didn't keep his appointment. He ended up behind the trees trying to cover his nakedness up when he wasn't even supposed to know he was naked. And so God's calling him, Adam, where art thou? Adam, where are you at? Adam knew exactly where he was at, and so did God. But he didn't go to their regular meeting place. And so, if you've read the book of Genesis chapter 2 and 3, you know what was said from that point. Amen? And so, um, 
it was a whole dialogue and then the judgments came and then they were uh, cast out of the Garden of Eden. That's not what we want to happen. That's not, that, that's not what we want. That's not the response we want from God. We want God to be approve what we're doing, to be pleased with what we're doing because we work for God. We don't work for man. We don't work for the church. We work for God. We are God's agents, his, his secret agents. You know, the world's got the FBI and the world's got the CIA and then all over the world they got their own special agents. Well, God's got special agents too. And his intercessors are part of his secret society, the, where he gets things done because your stuff's done in secret. Nobody's in that prayer closet but, but you and God. Now, the angels may be around, but nobody else is in earshot of what you're saying to God. And they definitely can't hear what God is saying to you because it's in your inner ear. And the only one that's in your inner ear is the one whose ears are attached to their head. They're hearing it. And so there's a conversation going on between you and God. And God hired you to do a job, and you must do the job. Amen? Intercessors are important. But, you know, there's a shortage of intercessors because intercessors don't want to intercede. I had a bad problem that when God showed me stuff and if it, I didn't like it, I immediately started judging people, saying they don't. I became a Jonah. They don't deserve that. God, I don't want to pray for them. They deserve what they get. You know, that was the wrong mindset, wrong attitude, because if it was me that was the one that's in trouble, and God wanted to show mercy toward me, I wouldn't want nobody thinking that way toward me. And I had to go through some intense suffering. And God changed my mind. He, he interceded into my thoughts. And he let me go through some stuff. And I, my eyes opened and I began to understand, wait a minute, God, I'm dealing with somebody's life and I'm treating their life like it's not important. Just because I don't know them, or I may never know them, they're important to God. They're important enough for God to wake you up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning so you can pray for them. Go figure. But the Bible says, God shows mercy on whom he shall show mercy. I don't want God turning away from me uh, in my time of need of mercy. So, intercessor, whoever you are, if God drops me in your spirit I want you to pray like you would pray for yourself and this is all God is asking so he often reveals the plans of the enemy to the intercessor so they can stand against them in the spirit we get to alter in the spirit realm what's about to take place what we see in the vision or in the dream God has given us authority to change it and to change it instantaneously. That's why he's showing it to you. That's why he's waking you up. God trusts you with this knowledge. You're part of the secret service of God. You don't need to run out of that closet and go tell your spouse or to go tell your kids or call the pastor up and tell the pastor what just happened. No, that's not what that's about. You don't go to church on Sunday or in Bible study and give a testimony and tell what God shared with you in your secret space. No, that's not what you do. God will find you trustworthy if you do that. God wants to find us trustworthy. 
God is showing intercessors something that will not happen if they're doing their job. These revelations can be scary. So intercession is not for the faint-hearted. If you want the one of the ones you give up easily and you don't like to see people hurt or stuff, well, you, you, you may not be the one. But God knows. He called you. He knows you can do it. It's just your flesh overpowers God in this situation. Intercessors should guard their revelations carefully. Same thing I was just talking about. And not hand them around casually. You don't just share them with anybody. You need to check with God first before you open your mouth and share it with anybody. Hallelujah. Matthew 7 and 6. Let's go to Matthew 7 and 6 and see what it has to say. Thank you, Lord God. What a wonderful God you are. Matthew 7 and 6. And it reads, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And this is very, very tr true. You got to be careful who you share with that God gets you to you because you don't know who's praying witchcraft prayers. You don't know who's um, a, sh a wolf in sheep's clothing. You don't know who the tear is versus the wheat. You don't know. And so unless God reveals it to you, you have no way of knowing. So you, you could be handing this secret to the enemy and not even realize you don't. Right in your own household, you don't know. So the best thing to do is to play it safe and be found trustworthy. Intercessors should share and test their revelations with other intercessors who are strong enough to handle the revelation. In my key classes, every second and fourth Saturday of each month, um, I tell them all the time, this is a safe place. This is where you come and share because we want to be trustworthy in God's eyes so we don't just casually walk around sharing other people's words uh, with people that are not a part of that circle. So if God is giving you a safe place, if God is giving you a mentor, if you're in a, a circle of prophets, be careful because you don't know who's false and who's true. So in God, unless God has revealed it to you, you just need to be very, very careful. I didn't say cautious. I said careful. Hallelujah. When these revelations are circulated widely among Christians, they create confusion in the church. Even if the intercessors do their job, and prevent the event from taking place. The enemy uses it for evil by inspiring fear. That's one of his main tactics anyway. He wants us to be afraid so that we won't listen to God. So we won't fulfill God's plan in the earth. He wants us afraid. A revelation given to inspire intercession has several characteristics that can be confusing to other Christians. One, they usually do not take place. So Christians assume the revelation was wrong without understanding that it was not fulfilled 
because the intercessors did their job. So you don't need to tell nothing unless God tell you to tell something. You don't share it unless God tells you to share it. What I do, I tell people all the time, I'm looking for a green light. When God gives me that green light, I can go forward with it. Until then, I'm going to sit on it and just keep talking to God about it. Amen. Two, they are sometimes symbolic. Ezekiel saw the sun, moon, and stars going dark. This was not fully literal, but was a description of the Egypt's pharaohs being defeated by the emperor of Babylon. Ezekiel 32, 7. The intercessors need to be skilled in interpreting these symbols, symbolic messages. So instead of intercessors running, telling, having their uh, tent pitched on a corner with a microphone in their hand, telling what God saw, what God did, how when I prayed, it, it stopped, it did, I intervened, and it, it altered it, and it did not come to pass. No, what we need to be doing is studying to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Intercessors need to be skilled in interpreting these symbolic messages. There's all kind of study helps out there that help you understand these symbolic messages. You can pray and ask the Holy Ghost. Ask the Holy Ghost to give you wisdom and understanding in these matters. And he will. He does it for me. And he is not a respecter of person. All I do is say, Lord, I need you to give me the interpretation of this dream. Lord, I need to understand what is that? Do I stop? Do I go? What am I supposed to do? And God will do that. But you know what? You have to be looking for the answer. You have to be listening for the answer. So as you go through your day-to-day -day chores, business, your job, you still got to keep your ears and your spirit open to God. Because when the answer comes, and the answer will come, you need to be able to hear it. Because a lot of times, the answer comes and we don't even hear God talking. Because we're so consumed in what we're doing. So we have to be very, very careful. Intercessors are often called to pray against evil attacks that God does not want to happen. In this situation, the revelation they receive will not include a call to repentance. Or specify conditions that must be met to prevent its fulfillment as that is is not the purpose it was given most of the revelations received by intercession will be things that God wants to do I'm gonna say that again most of the revelations received by intercessors will be things God wants to do they will happen if the intercessor prays seriously intercessors will need to be skilled in discerning between things that God wants to accomplish and the plans of the enemy that he wants to stop this is why intercessors have to be skilled this is a 24-7 job and God wants the best God does nothing but the best and it it's almost reminds you of the, the potter's wheel, the parable of the potter's wheel. When you go to a pottery shop and they take that lump of clay and put it on that wheel and they put the water on it and be, begin to form its shape, they're making sure there's no air bubbles in there. 
They're making sure there's no cracks in there. They're making sure there's no dry clay in there because it will destroy the whole vessel. And they want perfection because that just being on that wheel is not the only process for this vessel. It has to go through the shaping, the molding, the sculpting. It has to go through drying in an oven. It has to go through shellacking and then back in the oven to dry and so the gloss will be on there. Then it has to be painted. Then it goes back in the oven in the heat. Do you see? Do you see it? Now you go back and forth, back and forth, and heat is always involved. The finished product is when it comes out of the heat. And it's inspected to make sure there's no flaws in it because if there's flaws in it, I'm sorry, he has to start all the way over from scratch. So let's do it right, intercessors. Let's do it according to God's plan for us because we work for God. We don't work for ourselves. We're not self-employed. God hired us to be intercessors. You're a gift to the body, and that gift is needed. Hallelujah. Merged roles. We talked about that last time, where the prophet and the intercessor, their um, roles sometimes are the same, but the way they respond to that role is different. We're going to talk about clairvoyance. The absence of a prophetic voice in a city creates uncertainty about the cause of the traumatic events and whether they have any spiritual significance. Most of the commentary on the events usually come from pastors who focus is on providing pastoral care to people who had lost homes or family members. Their main goal is to put guilt and guidance out of scope so they leave God's purposes out of the situation unfortunately many other Christians find this explanation inadequate and are uncertain about how they should respond to these events they see Jesus applying spiritual significance to physical disasters Luke 13 1 through 5 let's go to Luke 13 1 through 5 Luke 13, 1 through 5. And it says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Gal Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things. He was asking this question. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Are these 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them? Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But except you repent, you shall likewise perish. So in other words, when, when we see these situations intercessors, and we think they deserve it. And we think, like Jonah, we get mad and then don't want to pray because we, especially if we know or have privy of something or know the person. 
Maybe we've seen them doing this. So we know they're guilty. But as Jesus said, because it's in red, Jesus says, do you think they are more, more a sinner than you are? Think about the things you've done. Think about the thoughts you've had. Think about where he brought you from. So this person that he wants you to intercede for, you think in your mind that they're more of a sinner than you are. Jesus said no. He said except you intercessor repent, you're going to perish just like they do. So we need to intercede and go to God and pray as though we were praying for our own situation or our own household. We need to pray with fervency. We need to pray with mercy, and we need to pray in the love of Jesus Christ. Yes, we do. Bless your name, Lord. Without a clear trumpet call, the people go and look for their own answers, which always leads them astray, and they always end up talking to the wrong person. They get muddled and grab what they can. Because, you know, they're frustrated, they're irritable, they're, they're hurt, they're broken, they're confused. The dreams and voices that circulate from the fringes of the church where people have gone for insight, but they produce only fear and confusion. Let us not be the ones that's cultivating that fear and that confusion. Let us not be the one that renders ourselves for Satan to use against the people of God. Because... It happens all the time, and we're not aware that he's using us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Revelations that God has given to intercessors often circulate as prophecies about the future. Stop and think about it. He's giving it to you before it takes place. It takes place 15 minutes from now, 20 minutes from now, a year from now which is the future this is this creates confusion because the revelations contains no guidance to christians about how to respond they need to know okay what is the part i play how do i respond okay i'm in trouble and if something don't happen i don't do something differently this is going to take place so they need to know how to respond in their situation there is no call to repentance for the people of the world or conditions that must be met to avert the disaster. This is not surprising because that was not their purpose. The intercessors should focus on doing their job by standing in prayer against the plans of the enemy. See, the enemy won't, is pushing this forward. The enemy wants this to take place because the enemy wants them to die in their sins. The enemy doesn't want... Uh, them to repent because if they die and they have not repented they're not forgiven so yes Satan is pushing this thing forward and God wants you as the intercessor to block it to stand in between God and man just like Jesus does for us when he's standing on the right hand of God advocating for us that's what now he's giving you the same job to advocate for one another saved and unsaved if god has a purpose for them if god has a plan for them 
and he does he wants to do it for them too saved or unsaved because God wants them to be saved and if this is going to prevent them in the future from being saved it needs to be dealt with amen the thirst for revelation that emerges during a crisis cannot be quenched by the revelations received by intercessors where there is no revelation the people are left naked let's go to proverbs 29:18 proverbs 29:18 and it says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he i want to read this in the god's word version and it says Without prophetic vision, come on here, intercessors, hear me, without prophetic vision, this is where you come in, people run wild, but blessed are those who follow God's teaching. No, you're not the one that stands in the mic to teach them, but you're the one with the prophetic vision that keeps the people from running wild. You're very important intercessor. God needs you to understand how important your role is in his plan. Because he needs good, consistent, faithful, loyal intercessors. Are you one of those? Will you be one of those? Can God count on you? That when he wakes you up, that you'll get up? You could be on your job. And God dropped a burden in you. And that's something else we're going to talk about later. We're going to learn what it feels like when God drops a burden in you suddenly. And that burden needs to be dealt with. That's a whole nother teaching. Hallelujah. Where there's no revelation, the people are left naked. Unfortunately, scrapes, scraps from tables of the intercessors will not satisfy this hunger for revelation you can't hit and miss you can't be willy-nilly you can't sometime i feel like a nut and sometime i don't you can't operate that way you need to be faithful to god the one who called you with the holy calling because he equipped you and built you to be able to do this and you need to do it to the glory of god when we stand before him to be judged for the deeds done in this body. He's going to ask you, what are you going to do? What did you do with the gift I made you to the earth, to the people of God as my intercessor? Why didn't you pray? Why didn't you cry against the evil? Why didn't you stand in the gap for them? Any answer you give is going to be wrong because you should have done it. You should have took the time to learn, to prepare, so you could do it to the best of your ability because it's a glorious assignment. It might be tedious. It might be hard. It might be um, cons uh, time consuming because sometimes them burdens come at an inconvenient time, inconvenient time, but you still have to do it. And God will show you how to do it. He'll train you how to do it. The satisfaction comes is because the burden lifts off of you and you know you did it. And if you don't stand up and do it, God will pass over you and go and choose somebody else. 
Is that what you want? You want God to pick somebody else to do what he thought of you to do? Mm-mm. That's because that's not a good feeling. God, I should have. And then you hear somebody else over there chattering. Uh, God used me to do this. I pray. And instantly God turned that thing around. Lord, isn't that what you asked me to do? But you didn't do it. Now you stuck with that for the rest of your life. So now you're doing everything you can do to prevent it from happening again. Because if God ever calls you up to do it again, you kind of, you want to be Johnny on the spot. Hallelujah. I've been there too. Holy Spirit told me to do something in the church. And uh, at the time, the bishop wasn't sick. At least I wasn't aware of it. And that Sunday morning, he got up to speak, and he got sick and felt faint, and so they had him sent back down. And all the elders and the ministers were around him. Even his daughter came up there in the pulpit, and they were around him, laying their hands on him, praying for him. And the Holy Spirit told me to get up and go up there, and he was going to show me exactly where to put my hand to pray for him. But I looked at all of them because... I didn't know God had called me to preach. I didn't feel I was a minister. So I'm going, why me? I don't want to. I was scared to get up. That's what Satan wanted. And the Lord told me if I act out of obedience and I get up and I go up there and I pray for him, he won't have to leave. And the sickness will be averted. But I was too scared to get up. Well, they ended up escorting him out and they took him to the hospital. And his health started failing from that point. I felt so bad. I went to one of the um, elders that was on the pulpit with him, and I told him what had happened. And he said, daughter, don't ever do that again. He said, the enemy didn't want you to come up here because if you had got out of your seat, which is not normal for you, and came up here, we would have given way to you because we knew you wouldn't have come up here on your own accord. Next time God says that, you get up and do what God says. It taught me a valuable lesson. I was on the hospital ministry at the church, and I had just got off the elevator, and I was looking for the room that they were in, and there was this Caucasian lady. She was leaning up against the wall right outside ICU, and she was crying. And just as I walked past her, the Holy Spirit said, go back and hug her and tell her that I love her. And I said, Lord? I'm black. She might not want me to touch her. You know, it was a fear. It was confusion. But I know I heard God say it. And God said, did you change your mind? What did you tell me you weren't going to do again? And I thought about Bishop. And I went, oh, yeah, that's right. And I said, I repent, God, I'm sorry. And I went back to her. And I said, excuse me, ma'am. I know you don't know me. But Jesus told me to tell you to hug you for him and that he loves you. And that lady, she broke down crying on my shoulder, which made my eyes pop, and said, I needed to hear that. Now, what if I had kept walking? We have to make up our mind. We're either going to do what God assigned us to do, or we're not, because you're going to give account for it if you don't. You might think you're getting away with it. I'll wait to another time. I don't think I'm mature enough right now. I need to uh, read my word more and go to prayer meeting more. No, God knows when you're ready because that's why he called you to do it. Yeah, we all fall short of the glory of God, but that's not when he wants you to fall short. 
people's lives are at stake. People's lives are counting on God to move on their behalf. And so since Jesus is not coming back to the earth, Jesus chose you, intercessor, and he wants you to do your job. It's not that hard. Praying ain't hard. Sometimes we say, well, I don't know what to pray. Well, did not the Bible tell us that uh, when you intercede, you pray. Pray in the Spirit. The Spirit knows exactly what to say. You don't have to be loud. You ain't got to. That's not when you blow the trumpet. You pray in the Spirit. God hears you. God knows exactly what you're saying because you're praying in prayer language. We have to learn to understand uh, the do's and don'ts when it comes to the things of God. We have to count them dear and important and not just treat them commonly like we do our job or we do school or our day-to-day -day responsibilities in the earth. They're not the same thing. No. The problem is lack of revelation. We're not laboring before God. We're not going to the secret place asking God, God, what is my assignment today? God, what do you want me to pray for today? We need to be doing that. If you can, try to keep it at the same time every day. So if you work or you go to school, that means you either going to have to get up with the crows or you're going to have to stay up and burn the midnight oil because you can't do this and focus on driving and do because when you're driving you have to focus because you could get in a serious accident and kill somebody so that's not the time now if your car is parked and you got the time to talk to god and seek god that's different use wisdom do it responsibly don't draw attention to yourself don't walk around on your job in the school speaking in tongues and because you're like barbarians to people they don't no, what the heck you doing? No, because that's not how you do that. And there's no reason to give them a reason to blaspheme the Lord. Let's use the wisdom of God here. You set your time. Get your calendar. Get your phone. Make an appointment to meet with God. We do with everything else. If you have your own business or you work in a corporate organization, you use your calendar your uh phone because we don't use um what was that thing called you had a mm, it wasn't a blackberry but it looked like a blackberry um because i had one matter of fact i've had a couple of them i can't even remember the name of it now it's been so long ago but we used to set our appointments in it but now you can do it in your phone if you have a smartphone you can do it in your phone but set the appointment so that it'll remind you, you have an appointment with God. And intercessors keep that appointment. Don't willy-nilly it and say, God, I'm going to have to redo, reschedule. No, keep the appointment. Take it serious. If you want your prayer answered, then you need to be serious when you do it. Go in with the right mindset. So I suggest if you're not already doing it, you need to repent first because you never know when you've done something because sometimes we fall short or we might sin and don't even realize we did it. And sometimes because we're in a hurry, we forget to repent. So go in and repent first. Clean yourself up. Go in clean and pure with a pure mind and your heart fixed. 
and don't allow yourself to be struck distracted don't go in blasting a whole bunch of prophetic music and stuff because then you can't hear remember god speaks through that still small voice so you need to have it quiet enough so you can hear if you're speaking in tongue real loud you're doing all the talking you can't hear that still small voice because a lot of times when the holy spirit's talking to me i'm going because i'm trying to hear what he's saying because it sounds like it's way in the back of my head and it's like i don't want to miss what he's saying when i'm writing in my journal i have to write so fast because sometimes I don't know how to spell the word. And he said, just write, spell it how it sounds. And I just keep going because I have to hear what he's saying. And it's in that still small voice. It's not thunderclap noise when God talks. Now, I remember my throne room experience years ago. And I felt so unworthy being in there because I wasn't trying to go in there. But my spirit moved me in there. And I heard the different voice of God. I heard that thundering clap voice. It was off in the distance, but I heard it. And when I heard it, I knew it was Father. I knew it was. And that's the only time I've ever heard his voice distinct from Jesus' still small voice. I haven't heard it since. But I bless God for the experience because I have heard it. But you know... The deeper you get in God, the more serious you get in God, the more you experience God. A lot of people want to experience God, but they're, they won't slow down. They won't be still. They won't stay there long enough to hear what he's got to say. In the natural, I've always been afraid of deep water. Matter of fact, growing up, I was afraid of water, period. And... It took me till I was 28 to learn how to swim underwater. I still don't know how to tread water. But now that I'm 63 years old, I ain't worried about learning how. If I do, I do. If I don't, I'm happy the way I am. But I was having a conversation with Holy Spirit once. And we were talking about water. And I remember I was telling him I was thirsty. And he said to me what the scripture said, because he quotes scripture to me a lot. And he said, he that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And I wasn't just naturally thirsty. My spirit man was thirsty uh, because I was depressed and I was going through some intense uh, spiritual warfare. People were doing uh, witchcraft and it was affecting me and I was trying to stand as uh, the scripture says in Exodus um, between the living and the dead and I'm praying and interceding God stop this plague before it succumbs to the whole body of Christ. I was I was doing my prayer but it was draining me physically draining me. I was so exhausted and I was very dehydrated in the spirit. And I remember crying out to God. It was in 2014. And I was on the floor. The kids were gone to school. My grandkids were gone to school. So I was in the house by myself. And I was under my talis. And I was talking to God. And God allowed me to see this waterfall. And I had access to it because I was close to it in the spirit. And God told me, walk through the water. And as I walked through the water, because you know me. I just said, I didn't like water, especially deep water. 
as I walked through the water. It was like one of those water slides that you see in an amusement park. And I saw myself sliding down, but I was sliding down on water. And when I got to the end of the slide, I landed in this pool of water. And I'm saying, Lord, you know I don't like water. Lord, you know I'm afraid of water. I'm going to drown in this water. And the Holy Ghost said to me, I am the living water. You cannot die in living water. That was so profound and awesome to me to where I came out of it. I was so refreshed. I was no longer thirsty. Jesus told the woman at the well, the water that I give, if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. I've never, I have not been in that place since 2014. He is the living water and you cannot die in living water. And so as I'm bringing this to a close, if God is giving warnings about events that are going to happen, the prophet should be listening and seeking guidance about his plans for his people and asking what changes must take place to avert the disaster. So when God gives you a revelation, your first response should be, thank you, Lord. What do you want me to do with what you just showed me? And go from there. I encourage you, intercessors of God, to be studious, to be earnest, to be consistent, to be loyal and faithful to the one who has called you. He knew what he was doing when he called you. If he wants to uh, elevate you to the role of a prophet, he will do that himself. Because Jesus is the only way you get to be in the office of a prophet. He's the one that elevates. He's the one that calls you to that. A man can't do that without God signifying this is what he wants done. I can call you a prophet all day long. But Jesus is the only one that can make you a prophet. So intercessors, just do your job well. Make God pleased. And if God chooses to elevate you, to God be the glory. Because he sees something in you that he wants to cultivate. And I bless his name for that. I thank you for being a part of this teaching. And I thank you for giving me your listening ear. There was one um, person, his name is Chris. He told me he had been listening to the podcast. But he wanted to know if there was a way for him to, um, I would assume, ask a question or be able to reach out to me. And there is a way. And let me see if I can pull it back up. Um, when I'm on the wrong one, sorry. It's this is pertaining to Spotify. I haven't tried it in any of the rest, any of the others as of yet. But once you hit on the episode "Prophets and Intercessors," you'll see down there on the screen, "See More." There's three dots, and it says "See More." If you press on the "See More," It says send a voice message and it gives a link to anchor.fm slash Stacy hyphen Boussey U2019 slash message. So you should be able to message me from that spot right there. Uh, if you have any other further questions, um, 
you can email me at keys this is all one word keys prophetic training at aol.com that's keys prophetic training at aol.com and i'll be more than happy to have a chat with you in jesus name i also have a um a page on um facebook it's a group page and it's for keys prophetic training you can reach out to me that way as well if you use facebook so i congratulate all those who have accepted their call to be intercessors because it is an awesome profession in god it's needed hallelujah look at all the crime in the world intercessors i'm recruiting you you are needed there is a place for you and if god has called you to be one of his powerful anointed intercessors do what god says obey him he will greatly award you when this life is over i encourage you to keep going hold contend with the faith keep fighting the good fight of faith because god loves you and so do i Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your righteousness. I thank you for allowing me to do this podcast, God. For a minute there, I thought all the background noise was going to prevent me from doing it. But I thank you, oh God, for you stepped in and you took control of the atmosphere, Lord God. I bless your holy name and all those who have questions, Lord God. Let them be able to reach me, Lord God, so that I can talk to them, encourage them, and build them up in the most holy faith, in their role in your kingdom, God. I bless you. I thank you, Lord God. Help us to continue to bless one another in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and God keep all of you. The next episode I'm going to be teaching on is total obedience. Total obedience. So be sure to check in or tune in next time for total obedience. God bless you and God keep you.